The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. The Pet Buzz gives you the latest 411 on everything pet related. Everything pet related. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic, Dynamic pet, pet Duo. Duo. Well, we're here once again from the Pet Buzz Studios in our great, sunny Florida, Bradenton, Florida. Right. So we love being here with you guys each week. Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, so we're going to start off with the show by telling you what I recently got in the mail. Okay, so Demeter Fragrance sent me samples of their newest fragrances. So check this out. One is called Puppy's Breath, and it says a new fragments capturing the experience of meeting the new puppy for the first time up close and personal with a rainbow swirl of happy feelings and memories. According to the manufacturer, if a dog is man's and woman's best friend, then the relationship with a puppy is near mythic, which is why the fragrance took over 20 years to perfect because good was not good enough. Did you smell that? I did. Here, here, smell, here, check out kitten fur. Check out kitten fur. That's kitten fur. Right? So what do you guys think? And then, of course, uh, there is, uh, what do you think? Does it smell good? Yeah, and it's got that subtle smell to it, and it really does. It, it does brings it back, remind you it, of yeah, puppy's breath? Yeah, it reminds you when you had the puppy. Yeah, that. <laughs> I wish we had them longer in life and just going back. Well, you know, maybe it'll puppies. inspire you to take care of them for Kitties. 20 years so they'll last that long. Yeah. Anyway, it's inter- it's definitely interesting. And, of course, there's kitten fur, which is a fragrance what this is what their website says it truly purrs i'm not sure i got that but i i think it smells like kitty yeah fur. well anyway just so you know these demeter fragrances they're not for dogs they're not for cats they're just for people so we start off the show with a big smell yeah. Yeah. A smell and a sniff. Okay. So let's kick off the show with the. Wait a minute. It's lingering on. It's even getting stronger. It's That's getting really good. Stronger, it's good. I guess. Okay. So now let's uh, kick off the show with our weekly countdown. Well, in Seg4, Groundworks Company Director of Advertising and Marketing, Acasio G, is joining us to talk about the destruction that wild animals can cause to your home. In segment three, Kidda's fire safety expert, Sharon Cooksey is sharing her tips and equipment choices to prevent pets from succumbing to carbon monoxide poisoning, the silent killer of pets. You don't want to miss this one. Oh, absolutely not. And in segment two, I'm giving the weekly celebrity pet scoop. And I'm talking Flex Facts, my weekly veterinary musings. Okay, and in segment one, what's in a pet name? Apparently, a lot. Naming a pet can be a key moment in your relationship, the moment they truly become yours. But how do you decide on a name? Well, our next guest is going to tell us. She sure is. Joining us today is Katie Blakely, the CEO of Pet First Pet Insurance, a MetLife company. She is the dog mom of a terrier mix, Franklin, who accompanies her to work most of the days. Katie, we are happy to welcome you back to the Pet Buzz today. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. I appreciate you and Charlotte having me. Okay, well, let's move right into it then. 
So, Katie, can you give us a sampling of some of the most classic pet names and what is the most popular name in the Pet First Pet Insurance and MetLife company? When we talk about classic names, we think about the names you might see maybe in the children's book, uh, cat names like Fluffy or Princess, and we do see, you know, classic dog names like Spot or Rover. Um, I think it's interesting that the most popular names are pretty tried and true. That list does not change too much. Um, the most popular name in our database right now is actually Luna that just recently overtook Bella. Uh, so top three in order are Luna, Bella, and Lucy. Oh, interesting. One classic like Lucy in the Sky, Bella, beautiful, right. and Luna. Very, and, very 70s name. And I reinforce that because in my discount clinic where I see a number of new puppies every every week, those are the popular names that are being used today. Wow, that's great. So real life experience. Well, you know, since COVID-19 hit, many people have been adopting pets from local shelters and rescue groups. Do you find that many people keep the name their pet had when they adopted him? Yeah, so our poll showed that actually only about 16% of people kept the name that the pet had when they adopted them. Now, I I can share my own story. I'm an exception. Uh, My dog's name at the shelter was Franklin. He was about 13 months old. And I kept Franklin. It just seemed to, to suit him so well. And it's kind of a traditional person name, not a dog name, um, but it was a great fit for him. And 10 years later, it's still six. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with Katie Blakely, the CEO of Pet First Pet Insurance, a MetLife company. She is the dog mom of a terrier mix named Franklin. You know, Katie, I have English toy spaniels and I adopted one from an elderly friend. The dog's name was Sevi, and I changed it to Mauro. And Mauro is actually a river in Italy, as many of my dogs have been named after bodies of water. So there's Hudson, there's Thames, there's Roan, there's Ty. Do you find that pet owners change their pet names? And what do you think is the best course of action to do it? Yeah, actually, we found out that a lot of people do change their pet names. And um, we expected respondents to really skew to... I only change my pet's name if he's young or I feel like I can I can make that change quickly. But we found that people change their names for older dogs and cats as well. Um, most said that the process was pretty easy, and maybe you can attest to that. But uh, most of the people who had changed from one name to another tried to choose something that was similar to what they had been named before. For example, a woman inherited a cat named Peppa. She felt that that name was a little silly, so she changed the name to Pepper. Um, and we had another person who had a year-and-a-half-year-old dog um, named Princess, and they thought that that was a little silly as well, and they wanted to change the name to Ziggy Stardust, inspired by David Bowie. So they called her Princess Ziggy for a while and eventually just dropped the princess and just Ziggy now. Yeah, I mean, that's what I did. I mean, from the minute I got Mara, when we said goodbye to uh, my friend at the airport, I just called him Morrow, and that was it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. Dogs are resilient and very adaptive, just like the rest of us. Sure, of course, and with new environments. And also, by choosing a name, it you make the pet your, it's all, your own, you know what I mean? Well, anyway, exactly. one of my closest friends, and my god dog is named Jerry Lee, after Jerry Lee Lewis. They just call him Jerry mm-hmm. Lee. I don't even call him Jerry Lee. Jerry Lee. I call him Jay Lee. So... And she's always amazed that he responds to the special nickname I have for him. Just like you were sharing, Charlotte, you know, uh, rivers or places that are important, maybe that you've visited, 
um, we, we find that the name always has some significance. You know, very rarely with when you're talking to pet parents, you kind of get a shoulder shrug of like, and eh, we just pick something. Often um, children in the home are, le- are left to make the choice, and that's where you'll get some uh, animated character or Disney character inspired names. Um, but you'll also uh, get, you know, names that are important to people, maybe named after a grandmother or a hero uh, from literature or history that is important to a person. So uh, I love, love hearing the significance behind people's names. I think it's always a reflection of not just the pets themselves, but the family that they're a part of. Yeah, you know, I knew a gun collector, and he had a dog, and he named it Remington. Mm-hmm. Oh, perfect. And it then, and then that was his first dog, and then his other dog was named Winchester. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember yeah, that TV we've show? We've got a ton of actors. We've got a ton of politicians in our database. We've got, uh, <laughs> the, you know, Batman and Cleopatra as well. Just any, any segment of cultural history or pop culture, you'll definitely find it reflected in our database of pet names. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> it really is. Well, you know, Katie, thanks so much for joining us today. That was really fun. What a great enjoyable segment. Absolutely. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. Yeah, we love having you. We're going to definitely have you back. Such great fun. You know, that everybody, that was Katie Blakely, CEO of Pet First Pet Insurance, a MetLife company. To learn more about Pet First Pet Insurance, I want you to visit PetFirst.com. And up next, the Pet Buzz Celebrity Scoop and your favorite and mine, Flex Facts. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? I love animals and want my pets to be healthy. So I asked our vet who recommended EpiPet Ear Cleaner. It's super simple, and it even smells good. Every week I use it on both my dog and my cat to gently remove wax and debris. I even told my friend Aiden to try EpiPet on his dog Sophie, who always had red ears. But not anymore. Now we both have happy and healthy pets. Thanks, EpiPet. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com. They call me Prince like I'm royalty or something. But the places I've lived ain't no palaces. So I don't need grilled salmon or a new scratching post. Just give me a cardboard box and a can of tuna and we're good. You can even change my name. I'm cool being the kitty formerly known as Prince. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. 
show, of course, is hosted by us, the Dynamic Pet Duo. I'm petronologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. And now it's time for the Celebrity Pet Scoop, the Celebrity Chit Chat. I'm going to start out by saying, hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Well, last week, do you know who I'm talking about? Probably not, Dr. Fleck. You have nope. no idea who says that. Nope. Well, last week we found out that Carol Baskin has joined the cast of season 29 of Dancing with the Stars. When the Tiger King, Murder, Mayhem, and Madness subject agreed to star on the ABC series, she began prepping for the series at home. Do you know how she began to prep at home? No. Well, according to sources who spoke to TMZ, the big cat rescue exec utilized YouTube to help her learn or refresh on some basic steps. She reviewed the salsa, the cha-cha, and the Venezuelan waltz. It seems that one of her team members over at Tampa's Big Cat Rescue is a dance teacher who helped her. Well, anyway, I'm sure when we next see her, she'll be wearing a cat-themed dancing suit. So it'll be fun to see what Carol Baskin is up to next while Joe Exotic is sitting in jail. Well, news from my old neighbors in New York City. Chrissy Teigen and John Legend, they have an animal house, and it keeps expanding. Less than three weeks ago after announcing that she and her husband, John Legend, are expecting their third child together, the model revealed that the pet-loving pair are also now the parents to two fabulous new furry friends, birds Jasmine and Aladdin. The Teigen Legend household contains two French bulldogs, one English bulldog, one large poodle, one bearded dragon, and one still alive hamster. Now, what you've been waiting for, Flex Facts. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers! I want the truth! This is going to take long. You got the time. Flex Facts. So what are we going to talk about today, Dr. Flex? You know, as a prelude to this, I need to tell everybody how this comes about every week. I don't come up with Flex Facts. What Charlotte does is each day she aggravates me by asking, what was new, something exciting about the practice? And I see so many patients with so many different things. I know. Things. He gives me the same so, answer. But tell, what are we going to talk but about? But let me tell you how this really develops. What she does is she listens to me complain about what pen owners are complaining about. That's how she selects Flex Facts. And they're always perfect. Okay. Perfect, actually. Perfect. So what are we leads gonna, right up to it, doesn't gonna, it? Yes. What are we going to talk about today? Paw licking. Paw perfect. Okay, Paw-fect, that's a great yes. topic. So why do pets lick their paws? Paw licking is really a common behavior in dogs. Okay, just like shedding is a common behavior, but we don't want it extreme. Healthy dogs should not excessively paw lick, and a history of excessive licking can be a red flag for more serious problems. While it's true they might simply be grooming themselves, paw chewing could indicate something more going on. And they're doing doing it all the time. And if they're doing it all the time, you know something's going on. So it doesn't help that all the constant foot licking can also cause secondary infections, bacterial and maybe lead to yeast infections, due to the extra moisture. So I'm thinking about those pets who have smelly paws like corn chips and that's true smelly smelly paws okay so let's talking about licking tell me about the common causes food allergies Mm -hmm. environmental allergies Mm -hmm. like at at at, at atopy flea allergies dry skin 
And don't forget this, obsessive behavior, anxious behavior. So let's talk about food allergies. Food allergies occur when the immune system of your dog reacts to some of the protein in the ingested food. Okay. An important note is that food allergy really does differ from food sensitivity and that allergies will cause an immediate immune reaction. Okay. The most common foods that cause allergies in dogs include, and listen to this, beef, dairy, wheat, egg, and chicken. Don't forget I included beef and chicken in there. Dogs lick to relieve the itchiness caused by the food allergy. Symptoms of food allergies can include itchy rash, paw licking, hot spots, diarrhea, and vomiting. And that smelly corn chip smell. And that smelly corn chip. So what else makes dogs lick their paws? Dry skin. Okay. One of the most common dry skin ailments which causes a dog skin to become irritated, cracked or flaky, you know, like dandruff. Okay. Flaky skin can be caused by many things, including excessive bathing with the wrong products, which removes a dog's natural oils, dry humidity, or by the allergies mentioned. Okay. Okay? So it's important to follow a good grooming schedule to ensure your dog's coat stays healthy. Symptoms of dry skin can include, as we would expect, itchiness, fur loss, redness, dandruff, and scabs. Okay. And what else? Well, the ever-present sometimes in some dogs' obsessive and anxious behavior. That can be another reason for the itching. If no known health-related reason can be found for the excessive paw licking, then it could be behavioral or psychophysiological. Dogs, like people, often seek ways to comfort themselves in times of stress. Is If there's a change in the environment, like noses, the routine... Noses? Noises. Noises. Oh, I thought oh, you, did I, I say noses? Like, I thought you said noses. I was like, what? Nah, noses are, noses okay. are fine. Noises aren't, though. Okay. And uh, routine changes, like COVID-19. Yeah. New pets or just new people. Right. That might cause your dog to seek this form of stress relief. In addition to stress, some dogs have a canine compulsive order, which is a form of obsessive compulsive disorders, but it's in dogs, not people. Common compulsive behaviors for dogs with CCD include paw licking, toy or blanketing, blanket sucking, tail licking, and tail chasing. We've all seen it. Try to identify the cause of your dog's stressful and anxious behavior and use redirection and exercise to relieve it. You know, it's interesting. I'm glad we talked about this because remember we had Dr. Lippman on about two weeks ago and she talked about all the pesticides out in the park and in your yard. So that might be one of the reasons that your dog is paw licking. So, and you don't want your dog ingesting that as well as having it on his skin. So that's one of the reasons I thought about this segment. Yeah, it's really great. And think about going to the dog park. What do they put it in I the know. grounds of a well, dog park? Well, anything else that you want to talk about here? You know, your dog better than anyone else. So to help identify any abnormal situation, you must first know what's normal for your dog. Mm-hmm. Identify what's normal. Changes in health are often subtle or happen over a longer period of time, making 
noticing a problem a little more difficult. As always, if you have any concerns whatsoever, especially of the paw chewing, if it occurs suddenly or if it's excessive and persists for long periods of time, what do you think the best thing to do is? Go to your veterinarian and have it analyzed. Is that it? That's all the Flex Facts for today. Okay. We'll stick around more of the pet buzz very soon. Bet you can't wait for my I Likey of the Week. Listening to the Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Tever Pet knows there's a lot in your life that you worry about. We want to make sure your pet's flea and tick protection isn't one of them. Tever Pet offers vet quality flea and tick protection that has the same active ingredients as leading brands like Canine Advantix 2 and Frontline Plus, but that cost much less, which means you can give your pet total flea protection worry-free. And the best part is you can get Tever Pet flea and tick topicals delivered right to your door when you shop on TeverPet.com. Tever Pet, helping you and your pet live your best life. So welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio. I'm pet Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian, Dr. Michael Fleck. So let me tell you my I likey of the week. That's the way it has to be because that's the way I like it. It's genius. I like it. I love you so much. I like it. It's to die for. I like it. And it's about an Amazon driver. It seems as if an Amazon driver in Woodburn, Massachusetts, saved a dog's life. It seems John Casabria was delivering packages early this summer when he noticed an animal struggling to stay afloat in the deep end of a backyard pool. Upon realizing that the pup was in trouble, guess what he did? He immediately jumped in the pool with everything on. He didn't take anything off. The delivery driver had his phone, his wallet, his watch. When he hit the water... But he said none of that mattered. He really just wanted to save that dog. Well, according to the owner, the 14-year-old dog, whose name is Luca, has issues with his hind legs. And as a result, she said that Luca doesn't swim and that the dog wouldn't have lasted long in the pool had Casabria not rescued him. So Caldwell was just hours into her vacation when she received the news of the incident from animal, her local animal control in her area where she lived. It seems that Cabria sat with Luca for an hour and a half before the scheduled dog sitter arrived. So this is a good guy. This is a great guy. He's right. our hero. Right. And in a letter that she sent to Amazon, she sent it to Jeff Bezos, the CEO. Yeah. Right. She said that she can't thank Casabria enough for rescuing her canine companion. She said, words cannot express how grateful we are. And in fact, she wrote, she had tears in her eyes. She's writing this email. She said, Luca was doing fine. And that Sabria was a wonderful and courageous employee. 
But I just have one question for her. You want to know what it is? Yeah. Why was this sick old dog left out by the pool when our owner went on vacation? I know, but what a great human interest story. I mean, it is a great human interest story. But I mean, you know, people have to be prepared. They can't leave a dog by the pool. We were just at a friend's house last night. Yep. And they were telling us how they wanted to get a dog, yep. but he doesn't l- shut the doors. I know from my own experience with our friend, he doesn't shut the doors. He walked out of my house, left the door open. I was worried the cat would get out. Hey, you know what? Moms take their kids t- for swimming lessons. Maybe we should take our pets for swimming lessons. And it's possible you should teach your dog to swim teach as your well dog to, swim. to get out. But our next guest is waiting on the uh, is waiting on the line. But first, I want to ask you a question. Uh-oh. Okay, did you know that pets are just as susceptible as humans to carbon monoxide poisoning and not more given their higher number of breaths per minute? I knew that. You did? I did. Okay. I go to seminars too. Okay. So who's gonna, who's our next guest? So joining us to talk about this, pets and carbon monoxide poisoning, is Sharon Cooksey, the fire safety expert at Kitta. Kitta is one of the largest manufacturers of fire safety products, including fire extinguishers, carbon monoxide detectors, and smoke alarm lines available for home safety. So we've got a real expert here. we got a great one here. Well, first of all, Sharon, Charlotte and I would love to welcome you to the Pet Buzz today. Thank you for letting me be here and talk about the love of my life, pet. <laughs> great. Well, I get to ask the first question, and it's kind of medically oriented. Why is the threat of accidental carbon monoxide poisoning high at this time of the year? Well, here's the deal. CO is actually a 365-day-a-year threat. But with uh, the surgeons of severe storms, you know, like we've seen a lot of CO-related poisonings in Louisiana and of areas that were impacted by Hurricane Laura, and with the turning on of heaters like natural gas and kerosene and propane, we tend to see some spikes in CO around, um, yeah, this time of the year, fall and winter. Yeah, and I would imagine with power surges, well, most of carbon monoxide protectors are with batteries, right? Well, there's actually a mix on the market. So I am actually looking at one in my home right now. It's a plug-in, okay. and it has a battery backup. Okay. It. So, so there's no, a variety I mean, of... I mean, one of the things I was thinking of, especially since down in Florida, we've been prone to power surges that have ruined things in our house, like cable boxes and other things. ACs. ACs. So I would think that maybe a carbon monoxide detector could also experience a power surge and then not work. So that's one of the things I think you want to be careful of to make sure you check it and make sure it's always working. Correct, Sharon? Yes. Here's what I would advise is that every CO alarm should have a battery in it as a backup power source in case of power failure or maybe if there's something happens to the electrical supply to the CO alarm, you definitely want it to work. And the unfortunate thing is when power goes out, we try to bring in side generators, which is a big no, no, no. If anybody takes anything away from this, never bring a generator indoors ever. So when power goes out, that's when CO can actually occur. So we want to make sure that those alarms are working. Remember, people, hurricane season, remember that. 
Yeah, yeah, or flooding or whatever. I mean, it's just the time of the year that you want to check that stuff up. Okay, well, Kitta recently commissioned an online survey by the Harris Poll. What did that survey reveal about pet owners and carbon monoxide? So here are some alarming statistics. Only about half of all pet owners can identify the symptoms of carbon monoxide poisoning in their pets. And only about a third of pet owners do not have a CO alarm in their house at all. So we want to help people understand the symptoms and know that they definitely need carbon monoxide alarms in their home. Well, you just mentioned symptoms. What are the symptoms of carbon monoxide pet poisoning? You know what we found is that the symptoms really mimic mirror those in a human. So basically in pets, the first symptom is typically nausea and or vomiting. Maybe you've seen a disturbance in your pet's gait. Maybe they're not walking properly. Maybe they're, you can describe them as drunk. That's one of the first symptoms. And the primary manifestation of CO poisoning in pets is labored or difficult breathing. So make sure to keep a lookout for those. The problem here is that these symptoms are nonspecific meaning that they could be attributed to a variety of other illnesses. That's why we strongly recommend CO alarms installed throughout the home. That will help to rule out CO poisoning as the cause of those symptoms. And I would think if your pet is experiencing these, where do they have to go, Dr. Flack? They better go to the veterinarian who better know how to treat it. I think that's a great idea. What do you have to do to treat it? Well, I think they need oxygen to start out with. Is that correct? That is correct. 100% oxygen. 100%. Well, I didn't know that, so I'm glad that you asked that question. Get them in and put the mask on. Okay. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with Kenna's fire safety expert, who's tons of knowledge, sharing with us, Sharon Cooksey. Now, Sharon, can you give us a few tips as well as equipment choices that we can use to protect our pets in our home? You already mentioned having that carbon monoxide detector with the battery backup. So I think that's very, very key. Number one tip is to have CO alarms installed throughout the home. If you're not living in a little tiny house, one alarm is not enough. So if you think about the way that CO travels, it doesn't rise the way the smoke does. It, it weighs basically the same as air, so it mixes throughout your home meaning it can go into any room it feels like. It can even travel through drywall. So I have a CO alarm in every bedroom and in every room of my home, just to make sure. Please do it for your animals. They cannot run around the home and install alarms. They need you to do that. Sharon, we really appreciate you being here. And you know what? I am going to go home, and you need to check the clinic, too, how many CO detectors you have, because you always have dogs staying I'm not there. sure where they're located. <laughs> but once you get on that track, you can constantly do it, like Sharon said. Well, everyone, that was Sharon Cooksey, the fire safety expert at Kitta, discussing how to protect our pets from CO. That's carbon monoxide poisoning. For more information, I want you to visit Kitta. That's K-I-D-D-E dot com. Stay tuned. Up next, Global Pet News.
You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. What would you do with two and a half more years with your dog? Two and a half more years of fetch, of walks, of love. Studies show that overweight dogs live two and a half years less on average than dogs at a healthy weight. But Slim Paws is here to help. Veterinarian recommended weight loss in one daily chew for your dog. Slim Paws for the long, healthy life of your dog. Petrodologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We are urban. Suburban. And, and country. country. We love to say that every single week because that really represents who's listening to us, people from all over the country, which we're happy to hear from as well. We want to hear from you guys. So email us at team at the tweet us at the peppas, and post to us on our Facebook page at the peppas. So let me kick off this segment with some global pet news. Well, a proposed amendment to Germany's animal welfare ordinance would require that dog owners walk their dogs twice a day for a total of one hour. I know Dr. Fleck's face is all scrunched up. It seems the Food and Agricultural Minister Julia Klockner will be introducing this ordinance next year because she believes that pets are not cuddly toys, but that they must get sufficient exercise and not be left alone for the whole day. She believes they need stimuli from the outside world. And I agree with her. We all know that, and nothing, we agree with her. Pets need their exercise. But this seems a bit oppressive. Okay, so there are other important parts of this draft law that are good too. Ban tethering, deal more directly with dog breeding, including a requirement that all breeders provide puppies with a minimum of four hours a day with human handling. And I would say companionship. Another provision bans exhibiting or showing dogs that have certain breed characteristics. These breeds could include the French Bulldog or the Pug, maybe even the English Toy Spaniel, which often have breathing problems due to their breeding for that short step. The new rule is meant to remove incentives to breed such dogs and remove the demand for them, according to this ministry press release talking about this new law. The ban extends to showing dogs who have their ears or tails docked as well. Okay. So how will the law be enforced? That's what a lot of pet owners want to know in Germany. So the authorities in each of the German 16 states will be responsible for the enforcement. But here's the big conundrum for dog owners. Will neighbors turn on neighbors and report them to the authorities? I mean, it's kind of crazy. I see this. I mean, I see the good things about this law, don't you? But it seems completely oppressive, don't you think? My libertarian part of me says, I just don't like this that well. What they're trying to achieve is extreme, but it has a lot of merits. But the demand by law that people do this. It's too much. Too much. What, every day of the week? Seven days a week. Yeah, crazy. Okay, so let us know what you think. Email us at team at the pet buzz. 
And now our next guest is going to share some information that can be very helpful, especially at this time of the year. You know, as it gets cold, I think more wild animals look for shelter as well as food. And if they find shelter in your home, well, there could be some damage. And joining us to talk about how wild animals can damage your home is Ocasio G., the Director of Advertising and Marketing from the Groundworks Companies. Ocasio, Charlotte and I are really pleased to welcome you to the Pet Buzz today. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm excited to talk with you. Okay, so before we get started, why don't you tell us about the Groundworks Companies? So Groundworks Companies is the nation's largest privately owned uh, foundation services company. We are actually servicing customers in 24 different states uh, with 14 different brands. Uh, we're happy to be in business for well over 25 years uh, and have served over a million customers to date. Wow. So these guys know what they're talking about in terms of foundations. And we need them to know. Uh, definitely. <laughs> okay. So what kind of damage can wild creatures do to your home? And then can it be expensive? Wild creatures can do lots of different things to your homes that you honestly don't usually think about. Items such as eating into your found- or into your insulation or your wires. There's also things like burying under the ground, which is going to cause water to actually seep under your foundation, which can lead to much more expensive issues. Uh, you asked about how much it costs. So that's one of those things. The longer you wait to get it checked out and inspected, the more it can cost. It can start being a very inexpensive thing to be fixed to become very expensive. Uh, when we talk about those burrowing animals, they can really cause shifts in the sediment that can really cause major damage to your home. You know, it's funny, Dr. Fleck, because I was telling you, remember when my sister bought her, like, her first house? There were there were raccoons in the walls. Oh, yeah, that's I right. I mean, it, you know, it was an older home. I mean, it was gorgeous, but it had raccoons in the walls. And I remember she spent many, many thousands of dollars trying to take care of that. And unfortunately, I can bear witness to having experienced a lot of what he's telling us, too. Interesting. This is mm. going to be good. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you had a question for Ocasio. So Ocasio, give us a list of some of the creatures that we have to watch out for. So the list is really amazing. You're talking everything from skunks and rodents and snakes, raccoons, there's bears, deers, squirrels, chipmunks, groundhogs, pigeons, woodpeckers, vultures, and even bats. That's what I thought was really crazy. Vultures and woodpeckers. (laughs) Because, you know, we're always thinking about woody woodpecker or something. Sounds about like everything that lives outside. Yeah. Now, what about bears? They're looking for food, right? (laughs) We see lots of videos of them on TV. Yeah, we see tons. They're breaking into houses, smashing glass. (laughs) The bears are a little bit more rare that you will see them actually uh, come into the homes, but it is possible. We have seen it done before. Um, As they're seeking food, uh, if you cooked a great dinner, that smell is is going out there and and into the backyard. You never know. uh, Someone might join you for dinner that night. I know bears can smell too. Remember we did that interview about the bears? Yeah. Remember my friend Howard had the bear and everything. Bears can smell food up to a mile and a quarter. So I figured, you know. They can get in and cause destruction. Okay. So as as it gets colder, we always have to watch out for rodents, which are the big destroyer of my place. Rats, mice, speaking, sneaking into our home, little buggers. So, Talk to us about the damage they can create other than what I already know. Yeah, so the rodents is is one of those uh, pests that we see more and more often. They really can get into your crawl space and build nests. 
which would cause lots of damage to your foundation. Of course, they're going to be leaving droppings everywhere, uh, and then they'll be gnawing on that, that those structural supports that are within your uh, crawl space and basement. You never know what kind of damage they can cause until you're dealing with it. Everything from the walls to the wiring to any other belongings that are down there, uh, th- those those rodents can be a real big problem. Sounds expensive. You know, you had some questions about some roofers doing some things. Oh, yeah. Oh, so my there's gosh. this video that someone sent me a while ago, and it's crazy. So it's their roofers, and, you know, I because we had our roof done, and it, the guys were there forever and whatever. So it kind of reminded me of this. So there was probably like five or six roofers. I think this was down South Florida. Every time they pulled up a piece of tile, like you saw this black thing like under the tile. And then all of a sudden, like they would like scream like on delay or something and then beat on something with one of their tools. And all of these bats would fly out of every piece of like roofing. And the scary thing was... It was like 30 to 40 bats per piece. So as they kept going, like hundreds and hundreds of bats would come out. So I was wondering, other than the droppings, what kind of damage could they do? Think about that. Those droppings are going to attract bugs. They're going to cause mold to grow, which can do tons of damage to the wood. So it's not just the bats themselves, but it's what they bring with them. That becomes the major problem uh, that can, especially in that situation, that attic probably had to have major work redone to it. Anytime. And just imagine, like, you have a dog or a cat, and you have these creatures in your walls, in your foundation. You know the animals are going to smell them. Not good. Oh, and cost- all of these animals lead to so many health concerns. So that's the other thing you have to worry about with your pets. You don't want to. You want to make sure that what diseases they're bringing with them isn't spread to your pets or your kids or yourself. Absolutely. Great comment to make on that. That's really important. Ocasio, really great information. Thanks for joining us today. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a great one. We'll even post this report, which animals cause the most damage to your home and foundation by Groundworks companies on our social media channels. But it's that time. It's always too soon to wrap the show. But before we go, we want to give you a preview of next week's show. So next week, we're going to talk about recent developments about pets and COVID-19, because we haven't talked about that in a few weeks. And also, now I'm always curious about this. Uh, what do you do if you find a dead animal in the street? Because I think that's really important. And also, what scares dogs? Oh, that's a great idea. I know. I have wow. full of them. Wow. So would you like to thank our special guest? So early, but yes, I do. Special thanks to our guests, Katie Blakely, Sharon Cooksey, and Ocasio G. And, of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin-coated ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. If you have a question, write to us at teamatthepetbuzz.com. We would really like to cover it on the show next week. And if you miss any portion of the show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channels and listen to the linked podcast on Monday morning. And always remember, most importantly, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet related. Visit our website at www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.